0: This is a Strategist, episode 1043. My name is Zane Belgium With me, as always, Corey Hogan, Stephen Carter. Guys, it's been a while. It's been a while since we've recorded. Um, of course, we were trying to, trying to of course, uh, buy an airline in the meantime, and yeah. uh, we were unsus- unsuccessful. There's a couple, <laughs> couple planes on sale, and we decided to run. I mean, I can't... you tell us that there's an opportunity, and, and we run for it, Carter.
1: I can't believe that we lost out. I mean, I guess, technically, we haven't lost yet, but... I thought that they would accept our first bid, um, which was, of course, Corey. continuing the advertising on uh, on the strategists. I mean, I thought that would uh, be. Not-
0: we listen to your strategy. You are the one with an advanced degree, an MBA. You like to tell us um, why is the Strategist podcast now not in possession
2: of a couple of airlines or a couple of airplanes? I should say, yeah. Well, these things take time, and I, th- I think the yeah. first thing you've got to appreciate is it's that well, the answer, yeah. Fuck
1: yeah. this guy. yeah. Go ahead, well, keep like, going. Yeah,
2: you know that conditions might be right for us to own an airline. Certainly, between uh, the collapse of the financial sector and the overall anxiety in the airline sector, you know, there's there's room to maneuver. I think is what I would say. But um it takes time. It takes time. And sometimes you use time as pressure to get the deal that you want. Oh. And there's a bit of an arc in any negotiation that goes from it looks like the deal is close to the deal is very far away at the 11th hour to look, we found a deal. Uh, and you've got to sometimes use the clock in order to get what you want in uh, in negotiations. And so, look, I, don't, I anything more, I think, would perhaps jeopardize our own negotiating strategy at the table. Mm, we but, um, you know, wow. it, suffice to say... We will be offering flights to Abbotsford within about uh, three weeks here. That,
1: that was well, amazing. So we'll Stephen
2: to... can get his pilot's license. Yeah. Yeah. I think Carter, yeah, they didn't allow me, and, and for
0: natural reasons, to, to get my pilot's license. <laughs>
2: oh, but Carter, license. you are on the verge of, of getting yours.
0: Uh, we're also going to be offering flights to Zurich. I don't know if you know this, uh, because we're introducing our new sponsor to the program, Credit Suisse. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, they are joining us. They are... They are in. Uh, the not quite inked yet. Not yeah, quite yeah. inked yet. So oh, yeah, that's we'll right. See. That's right. Uh, we're we're almost having our our merger. Of course, uh, all jokes aside. This uh, this episode is brought to you by Flair Airlines. Flair Airlines. No, will seize your not. day. Got it. We'll seize your day because of the <laughs> seizure. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. That was very very good. good. That was very good.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: Carter. Uh, speaking of, we're uh, we gonna do
1: chatter. Of, of like, do, do you want to hear my stuff about like I ran we're A pack of and
0: jokes.
2: jokes. Uh, uh, people going keep F
1: one. Uh, went outside today. Yeah.
2: Australian football uh, AFL back, started again. My Brisbane yeah.
1: Lions got crushed. Do you want to do any of this or are we just going to do work?
2: No. no what no, I
1: want to no. do is, is talk about the strategistlive.ca.
0: It is a URL that leads to a live show, Stephen Carter. I'm a guy. live show where you and Corey Hogan will be competing, will be debating, will be squaring off, will be providing the highest level insights. Yeah. For the upcoming Alberta election, you will be dueling off with strategies for the NDP versus the UCP. Yeah. Uh, Carter, talk to us about this live show. Talk to us about the state of ticket sales. Talk to us about why they haven't gone faster in your mind. Uh, what do you think the <laughs> issue there was? And uh, talk to us about no. which side uh, which side you and Corey are going to be representing We're uh, in, com- in, in, two, in just two Sundays.
1: We're in a very competitive market. I don't know if you guys know that. The, the, there's a young woman named Taylor we- Swift who also launched a huge tour. And she seems to have drawn all the ticket buyers. But I have learned something from Taylor Swift. If you're going to sell out a 67,000-person stadium, here's what you need to do. You need to give the people the eras, right? You need to give people the eras and give the people what they want. So Corey and I are, obviously, I'm going to do the NDP strategy because the people want... Stephen Carter's strategy for the NDP. They want the winning strategy for the NDP and the losing strategy, which Corey Hogan's going to do, for the UCP. So a winner in me and a loser in Corey. Very important that you have winners and losers in these things. Also, going back in the eras, we're going to have you go back to this 500 series when you just first joined us, and you're going to be even more boring. You're not even going to... like. There won't be jokes or anything. You're just going to be... Zane Belgie, that new kid who tried to, you know, impress us after the Chester episode. Corey and I are currently negotiating as well with Chester to bring him back after that zune exp- that that zune experience. He's still a little bit bitter, but you know, he and I have buried a hatchet. I think I've, I think we've come around the corner. Corey's uh, Corey's not also an amazing negotiator. He's what also the fuck an amazing, is going on? He's a There's therapist, so and he's and he's fixed
2: like, things. I feel like you've drifted. From the uh, sales pitch that we were hoping Chester, you would get here.
1: Zane, Annalise, the three hosts of the strategists will all be there. It seems like a pray spray, and spray I, approach. The arrows. This is what we're doing. <laughs> this is it's
0: not the targeted, one. precise, persuasive what? pitch we're, we expected. No, we, clear those final tickets, Carter. This was a no, this is, long, expansive. You know, Taylor
1: uh, Swift Corey, was my example. How right, can you be you, more timely?
0: Can you bat some David Ortiz and do some cleanup here for us? <laughs> uh, speaking of eras, it's about 2004.
2: That's All right. We today. got a few tickets left. These are in some ways the best tickets in the house because they're the closest to the exits. So when Steven starts talking, That's you perfect. do have the ability to... To get out, let me t- let me talk about some misconceptions about these tickets. Okay, this is where okay. I was hoping both of you would go to. If you go to
0: strategistlive.ca, by the way, do not go to the strategistlive.ca. The strategistlive.ca will lead you to a, a website where you can get different types of tickets, um, which you should maybe also buy, but buy them after yeah. you go to strategistlive.ca. Okay, now if you go to strategistlive.ca, when you load that seating map, many of you will notice. That there's some tickets left in 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 the middle section, just very few, mm-hmm. and there's some tickets left on on the right hand and left hand section. Now, Carter, these look like a straight line. So, a a, a person, a less thoughtful person, might think that they're sitting uh, in in a seat just by themselves. Uh, but that's not the case. No. That is actually not the case with these particular tickets, right? As we head into minute six of the podcast, can we explain? <laughs> well, <laughs> see,
1: do these, we need those, to, those are these tickets. Those are me. special tickets. Those are the mezzanine tickets. Yeah. And at one point, I'd say oh, those yes, only me. only for the patrons because you know we care about the patrons more than anything at anything because uh, they give us money and the rest of you fucking give us nothing. But then I said to myself, you know what? Fuck the patrons. Um. Let's get back. Let's give the people what they want, and let's give them these tickets. So there are tickets side by side. And I will tell you, if it's going to help so the sale,
0: there are side by side. To be clear, they're side by side, not yeah. not 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 sequential, one no, after the other. I, I explained one this statement. to okay.
1: you at great length on the telephone. You're but the only me, person I'm who was confused. Is thousands
0: of potential fucking <laughs> yeah. ticket buyers, Carter. Yeah. What is wrong with you? <laughs>
1: if you're very I don't confused, need to buy a ticket. I explained it to you. I, I expect that you would know it now. Let me tell you something else. If it matters to oh, people, we can reverse the order of the seating. We can do anything we want. It's our theater for the night. So if people buy the tickets and sell us out before Thursday, here's what I'm planning, planning to do. We reverse <laughs> oh the seat. God. So we'll change the whole order. So if you buy your tickets now, you could be in the splash zone with Corey and I. Dun, dun, dun.
2: That's wonderful. Yeah, you're welcome. I, I like how what you've done is actually reduced the value of every other ticket. So. <laughs> They've
1: already paid us. So fuck them.
2: You're a real master salesperson.
0: Uh, two Sundays from now. Two weeks. We're going to have the live show. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, in two weeks, uh, two we're going to have the live show. Carter, Corey, head-to-head. We might do some Q&A. We might just... Answer random questions on stage. You guys will come what with PowerPoint decks. We'll come with different categories and sections. We'll we'll explain it on a future show. We don't need to get into the details. The details don't sell the tickets. Just ask Stephen Carter. Let's move it on to our first segment. Our first segment: the strategy scale. Guys, there is so
2: so much to talk about on the federal yeah, side. Yeah, and unfortunately, you're too much of a coward to talk about half of Can, it. Can
1: I just I said on jump the federal in scale? here? I just
0: on the federal side. On the, yeah, on the federal side, there's so much to talk
2: about. Can
1: I jump in? What do you want to jump in about? Okay, jump in. Let's just, let's just get this I out of the way. I didn't know that there was even an opportunity to talk. not to not talk about campaigns we were working on. I seem to recall the Sandra Jansen soft launch where you fuckers pushed me to soft launch an entire campaign that we weren't ready to soft launch because you went, uh. oh, you guys are work, you're working on it. This is bullshit. I, I'm getting screwed. I like that you own that, by the way. I, I,
0: one thing I love about you is that you own everything that you've done, including that campaign, which was barely a campaign. Yeah. Did, it didn't even get off the ground, but you, you still like to recall it as part of one of your past glories, Carter.
1: Well, I mean, it was pretty... I mean, the soft launch does live live in infamy. So, you know, you okay, win something. Okay, keep some,
0: going. What, what, was your, what was your point? You are driving towards a point. I, I want to keep you on track towards... Oh, no, point. I'm done now. You I need go to get a tr- drink of water. I got distracted. Corey, yes do you want to do you want to just finish this so i can address the 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 elephant in the
2: room well yeah you're on the ndp campaign so you being a coward don't want to talk about provincial politics worry about the potential conflict of interest this is, this is why analysts are in the bid yes God forbid we provide you our pearls of wisdom that would allow you to, to be more useful on that campaign.
1: Yeah. You know,
2: maybe Rachel would move you up from Waterboy if you uh if you actually brought some of your A game. And by you your A game I level mean of the repackaging NBA. of Stephen and I's yeah, C game. Exactly. Which is you know, your A game.
1: Uh, listen, we know she listens to the podcast saying. We know she does. Okay, she's admitted this to us. She's listening right now with Lou in the car. They're driving around. <laughs> right now, she's like, "Fuck! I wish they would ask some questions." She's probably texting you questions right now that she wants asked of Corey and I. Look at your look at your phone. Look at it. Oh, it's not live. Fuck. <laughs> never mind. She will text you tomorrow, and she'll be really pissed that you that you gave up this opportunity.
2: Are you done? Hi Rachel. Yeah, there's a real chance there.
1: Danielle also listens to the show.
0: There's a good chance that uh, <laughs> fucking idiots. Uh, this is why Annalise is here. She'll ask all of the questions you guys want to talk about about the production. I mean, she's, literally not, yeah, she's, she's literally not here. She's not here right here. now, not which but, I mean, OK, to be clear, though, to be clear, the federal scene is fucking exciting right now. Oh. There's a lot of shit going on. Did you, would you not agree? Shut the fuck up, Carter. <laughs> you're you're taking the show. You're taking the show. <laughs> Woo. You're taking the show. Woo! You, Stephen Carter. Corey, you want to jump in before I get into the federal scene?
2: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot that's going on uh, in the federal scene that affects things in Alberta that I'm hoping <laughs> okay. we'll get to yes, dive yeah, into I'm here sure, in a big way. I'm yeah. sure
0: we'll get into it when Annalise shows up. It will be very exciting for both yourselves and the listeners. Did we even try to get on Annalise to our first thing on like the We could have so. gotten her
1: just by <laughs> making a phone could've. call. <laughs> I think
0: I inserted myself into tonight to be yeah. completely honest. Yeah. I feel like it wasn't my night, but here here I am. Yeah. Here I am. Um Stephen Carter on the strategy scale. Let us talk about this. First of all, how do we go about about the strategy scale for those that are new to this particular segment? What I do is I introduce a particular issue, a particular item, a particular political strategy, announcement, press release, tweet, message could be anything. I put it on the table and you give me a score between one to 10 on how uh, strategic that move was for the party or the individual in question that I mentioned. Then we have a discussion, we debate it, we strip it down, we try to make it a 10. That's what we're going to try to stick to this time. We're going to try to give it a score. And if it's not a 10, between We're the gonna two of you, because I'm going fucking make it a text, You should that's totally what do, do on this, this show. with the
1: NDP provincial strategy, then. Like, that would, you, you make <laughs> it's it almost so, like I'm giving ideas to the person so filling the chair. Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Corey, I'm going to start with you, because I, I hate Stephen's attitude today. I can't, I can't stand <laughs> it. Mainly after that piss-poor job of selling our show. That was
1: a great job. Ju- uh, <sighs> Yeah, Taylor Swift. Watch
0: those sales go egg. nowhere, Carter. Watch those sales go. Nowhere. Are we going to
2: mention the price is, is an affordable thirty dollars before some very modest facility fees? Yeah, exactly. That's a very good price. It's amazing, yeah. Carter. Compare that to
1: Taylor to Swift. It, it. Jesus.
2: Do you want to know something? Do you look yeah. at the inflationary environment we're in, and these tickets are actually cheaper than our last live show?
0: Yeah, that's actually true. Yeah, we're yeah. losing money, and we're filling out less seats. So I mean, it's it's working really well, Carter. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> uh Corey, I'm going to start with you on this. Yeah. Um, The first item on the strategy scale, the liberals, the federal liberals, of course, because we're sticking it all to the federal side because the provincial liberals in Alberta, not a thing. Corey, they have announced David Johnson as a special rapporteur on a scale of one to 10. Tell me what this was for the liberals, and then we're going to big discussion around it. But give me your one to 10 scale. They announced as some background that the special rapporteur would be named in weeks, Uh, It would not take a long time. Well, they were pretty quick in naming it. And they named David Johnston a Harper appointee, former governor general of Canada, uh, former uh, professor of law. Corey Hogan, on a scale of one to 10, the strategic sort of prowess of this move for the federal liberals.
2: I'm going to give it a three. The reason I'm not giving it a zero, which is below your scale, but it's where your scale should start start at one, as you know, yeah, Yeah, on this show. Okay, is because he didn't, you know, pick Sophie Trudeau. I guess that's what I can say about him choosing David Johnson. Listen, he David Johnson's a great guy. He's a smart guy. He's a committed Canadian. He's certainly a man of integrity. Um, but it also takes all of 30 seconds of Google search to identify a couple of potentially troubling connections to trudeau that even if they are not conflicts of interest you know arguable one way or the other they have the potential of being perceived as conflicts of interest and for something like this that you would choose somebody who has the potential to be perceived as in conflict of interest is just inexcusable it's totally crazy and if you're going to go with somebody like this uh, you should have um put the politics aside you should have gotten together with uh Pierre Polyev, You should have gotten together with Jagmeet Singh and said, I'm thinking David Johnston. How do you guys feel about this? Does, do you think this might be a potential uh, individual? I know you don't like the special rapporteur. This is not what this is about. But if there was going to be one, how do you feel about this? Do you have any objections to this name? Uh, but they didn't do that. Instead, they got back uh, together behind closed doors and they high-fived each other when they came up with the idea they thought was genius, which was to pick the governor general that, uh, Stephen Harper appointed. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, not, not actually that clever, guys. Not that special. Not a very good idea. Because ultimately, all you've managed to do is identify that Stephen Harper thinks some people are good at some things and, and that doesn't mean all conservatives think that same person's good at everything. And so, too clever by half. And ultimately so damaging to the outcome of this report that I don't know why David Johnson's even interested in doing it anymore. And if I were him, I'd be walking away from the position.
0: I've got many follow-up questions, including the strategy for Johnson. So I'll get to that, Corey. You are giving this a three. Um, you know, I was one of the folks, who, when, I, and I have not, to be honest, been super clued in on this until, you know, catching up on it. So when it initially came out, my instinct was like, smart fucking move. That
2: was my initial... And what instinct. was my instinct, Zane? Yours you, was... Your, your,
0: was uh, you said something like, uh, not so quickly. Some version of that. I think We're you said Not so sure. Not, not so sure. sure, Zane. Not so sure.
2: Yeah. Um, you give it a three.
0: Uh, the current environment probably dictates it in and around that. But Carter, is Corey wrong? Is this a three in your mind The David Johnston special rapporteur on a scale of one to ten, what do you give the liberals on this?
1: I'm going to give a, a six. Uh, Corey is wrong, in, you know, in many many regards, as always, uh, but he's not completely wrong, uh, which is why I'm going to give it a six. Um, he's wrong in in the sense that. You know, if the liberals picked a candidate, that there was another candidate, they wouldn't find the liberals in this type of uh, political pressure. There just simply wasn't. There's no way that Pierre Polyev or the media is going to give Trudeau this opportunity to kind of choose. His own investigator to kind of quote Andrew Coyne. And, and really, that's where the problem lies. This isn't someone who's investigating Justin Trudeau. This is someone who's investigating foreign interference into, uh, into Canadian elections. So Justin Trudeau, last I checked, isn't a former, uh, isn't a foreign, uh, entity interfering in our elections, but true, you know, Coyne got a little confused and, uh, it looks like Corey got a little confused too. So I'm going to give it a, a, a six <laughs> because I honestly think, that this could have been done better using some of the elements that Corey just talked about, which is the uh, reaching out across the aisle and trying to make this less partisan across the board, which really well, we, be- we talked about before. It should have been done. It hasn't been done. And that's where the real weakness in this strategy lies, not in David Johnson. It, it It's it, the weakness in this strategy lies in not reaching across uh, and making it nonpartisan sooner.
0: Corey, we do know, we do know that from reporting by CTV News, at least, that Trudeau did seek input from other parties on potential names for the special rapporteur. Uh, and, and for example, in a letter responding to, to what his office said was an invitation to contribute to the process. So we know that there's some invitation to contribute to all of the party leaders. The Bloc Quebecois said they're not going to be submitting any names until Trudeau calls a public inquiry. They said, fuck this mm-hmm. public inquiry, bullshit special rapporteur. So to be clear. The Trudeau government did in some way, shape or form. It didn't seem like it got all that public exposure and it wasn't a public sort of like, put your swords down. What do you think of this name? But they did try to seek some in. But does that change your mind at all?
2: No, because, I, you know, when you think about the spectrum of engagement, right, like kind of the very classic, you move from inform to consult, to collaborate, to co-create, right? Mm-hmm. What I'm hearing is the Trudeau government, you know, what I'm understanding from reporting was at most, they said, like, give us your thoughts, right? What I'm saying is that they should have actually gotten... And, and, you know, that's a classic consult. That's like, I want to hear what you think about this, but I'm going to make my decision at the end of the day. What I'm saying is they actually needed to collaborate on this particular one. They needed to get people to agree that that the individual was acceptable from a baseline integrity point of view before they proceeded any further with this. And the idea that Johnson is just looking at foreign interference, ergo... Of course, there's no problem that there's a conflict with Trudeau or a potential conflict with Trudeau is patently absurd, because that is the anxiety that underlines all of this. And it is just delusional to pretend otherwise. And if Canadians are going to have faith in the outcome of this, it needs to be with the view uh, that it is not based on somebody's personal relationships. How could they possibly have come up with someone else? I don't know. Probably one of 100 different federal judges would have been a bitter pick. Maybe a Supreme Court justice, maybe a failed Supreme Court justice like Mark Nadon. You know, there are names out there that are still tied to Stephen Harper that are nonpartisan, that are judicial, that could have done this in a way that would have not gotten the blowback no. that the liberals got. So if you need, there's hey, if
1: there's, there's one thing.
2: The there's one thing you need to justify the fact this is a three and not a six is the last week of coverage on this. Oh, yeah. The think. media. Are, what was the noted, liberal
1: party's noted for being ambition? Now,
2: this is with this. Is, this,
1: this is actually the Corey's
2: question oh. is my
0: next one. Like, it's not my next one on the strategy scale, because I've got one about the, the government sort of messaging around Johnston, because I want to talk to you guys about that and how you would improve that. Um, and I don't I want to stick with the heart of this segment, which is how do you make this attempt? So, Corey, I'm, I'm am, am I putting words in your mouth by saying for you, it would have been a different pick. A different pick would have been... Carter, talk to me about this. Talk to me about the ambition, the question Corey puts in, and then I want to try to figure out how you would have gotten this appointment to attend, and then I'll ask you a series of other questions on this particular one. What do you think the ambition was here? Like, did they have... Like, high profile, like, as soon as that article goes... Every political know who's this person. No one's Googling who David Johnston is. You know, a lot of Canadians aren't Googling who David Johnston is. I mean, there's a swath we're not paying attention, no idea who he is, but... This is a household name in Canadian public life. Yeah. So, what do you think their ambition was by choosing a household name in Canadian public life in that in that sense?
1: Well, they they what they wanted was they wanted someone who was unimpeachable on his credentials and someone who was deemed to be nonpartisan because of his um you know his appeal to uh Stephen Harper to make you know to put him in to make him the LG or I'm sorry the GG, uh, the Governor General. The challenge though is that. No one really allowed this time to unfold properly. If, if in fact, the NDP or the the uh, the Liberals wanted this to actually work properly, they needed to take those negotiations that you just referenced uh, and pull them out into the public eye a little bit more.
0: We tried. You mean to get the, you mean the ones to invite people in the process that Corey called simply a consultation? Th- right. Those ones.
1: We tried to get the NDP to consult. We tried to get the Black Quebecois to consult. We tried to get the conservatives to, to consult. They wouldn't. They weren't interested enough. They could, you know, the, the, the liberals moved too quickly to actually present the solution before they'd actually articulated the problem. The problem so on, has still been articulated. As the pro- the problem is foreign interference. Actually, the problem is that the other two parties or the other three parties won't allow this to be a nonpartisan solution. They are only looking for partisan wins when we're facing an external threat. That's where the uh, the the liberals fucked up because they moved too quickly.
0: Corey, I'm going to come to you in a second. want to stick with Carter for 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 a moment longer. This is really because good Carter, answer, you're hitting right? on some
1: really good stuff.
0: Well, and, oh, and no, it requires a follow up, so it's yeah. the opposite of a good answer, Carter. Okay. Um, <laughs> here's what the, the the public process was. Okay, as far as we know. Okay, there's there's interference in our elections. Yep. There's push for a public inquiry. Yep. Trudeau says no to a public inquiry for about ten days. Yep. Says we're doing a special rapporteur. Right. Mendicino says, we're going to announce it in a couple of weeks. This is a matter of weeks, not not months. And a couple of days later, David Johnston. Okay. So that, in, in like the broadest sense, there's a lot of, what are you suggesting the domino should have been? Because you're saying, you're saying they had put the problem ahead of the solution and they should have, the, okay, clean slate now. So I've given you what happened. Now give me what should have happened have, if David Johnston was the, was the choice that you couldn't move the prime minister off
1: of. All you need to do was go back a few days when they say it's going to be a couple of days not a couple of or a couple of weeks not okay, a couple so of they, days and then you okay. then you put out we are simply waiting right now for our engagement process with the conservatives and with the black quebecois and with the ndp we have asked them for names of people that they would like to be i and i i, I can't pronounce this what is this r- 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 whatever uh Rapporteur. Yeah. sure sure zane just nail it just crush it and make me look horrible way to go zane thanks a lot buddy um, but you get the repertoire, and then you, but you, you get the same guy. It just takes a little bit longer. And the reason it's taking longer is because you're having problems getting the others to come to the table without making this political. And you make sure that that information gets put out. It's leaked out to the media. The media now know that the real problem isn't, uh, that the, the, uh, the liberals don't want to move on this. The liberals absolutely want to move on this. But the liberals can't move on this because the the Bloc Quebecois, the 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 conservatives, the NDP they're all insistent on making this a political problem instead of focusing on the greater good of the country. Um, if you just wait a few more days and allow that narrative to, to take place, then the problem that you're trying to solve now, which is telling everybody that David Johnson's a great guy that's totally nonpartisan, that is now solved because you made their partisan opposition the the problem that you have to get past. We needed to name David Johnson because we needed someone to get this work underway. It's important, you know how I know it's important. Pierre told me it was.
0: Corey, I want to I want to get your response to Carter's sort of new ordering of what what should have been done by the Liberals. But before that, I want to ask you your question back to yourself. What was the Liberals' ambition in your mind?
2: Yeah, the, the Liberals' ambition was they were trying to win, and that was their big mistake. They should have been trying not to lose. And they should have been looking at it not through, like, who's got the most upside, but who has the least downside. And again, a simple Google search would have identified some potential downside to the David Johnston pick. And that was a mistake, because ultimately, the Canadians you were trying to convince and assure that the election is going to be just fine, David Johnson is not a household name to them, uh, Zane. He's simply not. Hmm. And many of them will now only know him through the filter of people complaining about his connections to the Trudeau Foundation, you know, his neighbor neighbor connection to Justin Trudeau and, you know, the, the lifelong, I've known this guy forever stuff, which is not going to be a good look when you consider what most people think that this inquiry is about, which is what did the government? Know and when did they know it and why did they not act? You can't have that kind of connection in that kind of situation there. On Stevens' overall timeline, I think that he identifies a point, but I come at it a little bit differently here. I would say that the 10 days where Trudeau said, we're not going to do anything, Uh you kind of brushed over because it wasn't just, we're not going to have a special inquiry. It was shame on you for even suggesting there was a problem with Canadian elections. Sure, yeah. 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 Really aggressively say, not a problem, Trump-like suggesting otherwise, only to decide 10 days later after Canadians just were not having it, that he was going to say, yes, this is serious. So I'm going to have this looked at by a committee of parliamentarians And we're also going to get this special repertoire in. And then he said it would be a couple of weeks. And no doubt in my mind, it was a couple of weeks, not so they could exceed expectations brilliantly by coming in a few days later, but because they were hoping temperatures would lower over that time. Temperatures did not lower over that time. It was not enough. It was not enough to, to deny the calls for an inquiry, which is why they then brought out a name. In spirit of trying to win by showing how fucking awesome this rapporteur could be. We're going to pick a name that everybody knows and Stephen Harper appointed him and that's going to fuck those guys and we got him, we got him, mission accomplished, gang except they were thinking about upside, not downside. Hmm. And they should have been thinking about the downside of that particular decision as they went along there. And if they wanted to make this look like it was a uh, acceptable approach, it had to be built from more of a defensive point of view than the offensive point of view, which is what they did. And this goes back to their original sin, their fundamental problem. The liberals are deep in politics on this one. They tried to call Polyev Trump. They tried to go on the offensive for the first 10 days. That fucking failed. They went after that with their special rapporteur and their their committee that didn't really work either so then they decided they were going to go and find somebody that they thought would really stick into the conservatives because how could they possibly possibly refute somebody like david johnson and that fucking failed they need to understand they're on the defensive on this one and the best defense is not despite what every platitude you've ever heard has said always the best offense they need to understand the serious risk they're in right now and start behaving appropriately
0: Carter, do you agree with that, that, that they went for the win here rather than preventing the loss?
1: Yeah, I do. But I also think that my strategy did allow for a bit more victory than than the strategy that they ultimately took. upon. But, but, but to
0: Corey's point, victory is not the goal. That's I guess that's what I'm trying no, to say. Is like, if you wanted be the, the goal? victory,
1: then you had to answer a different question. Right. Like, this is the point that I'm trying to get across. If you wanted the yeah, victory, you. you had to ask a different question, because if you were asking the question that they ultimately asked is, you know, should David Johnson be leading this inquiry? Well, they got their answer. Right. What they needed to be answering is, is David Johnson good enough in the, in the face of significant opposition to the uh, other parties from working on this collectively? And right now they put themselves back into the position where they look like they're the problem.
2: Yeah, I've been a communications professional for a long time. And I'll tell you, in moments of crisis, clients, people I've worked for often will say, well, how do we turn this around jujitsu style and win? How do we win? Right? Like we're, we're on the mat now. I want to be off the mat. I want to throw the other guy to the mat. And you know what? Sometimes your job is just about minimizing downside. And it's tough, it stings. You know, it, it takes swallowing your pride to do it at that point. But sometimes the right response is is minimize downside because you jump back up you try to flip someone down to the mat you might just be opening yourself to another attack and this is a perfect example of that.
0: Corey, so so to be clear then to make this a 10 for the liberals was there first of all was there a 10 for the liberals available to them in the form of if David Johnson was the pick I'm su- I'm assuming you're saying 10 was not available a 10 is only available if someone else was the pick is that fair to say?
2: Yeah okay you want to make it a 10 I do. Like where we say like, a... bef- I wanna, here's the w- thing w- with the it pick. T- like you, 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 yeah. you ha- is being announced. That start the okay. gun there. The, how do you yeah, make so that? Ten 10? is yeah. optimal from the. We're going to pick a rapatour, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, then a ten is that the day after that nobody knows how to attack the rapatour, right? That's that's my point of view on it, Uh and that is where you should have looked for somebody who. Yeah, it would be difficult for conservatives to say they had bad judgment in that sense. I think a judicial appointment made by a conservative or an attempted one by a conservative in the case of, you know, a failed Supreme Court justice appointment, um uh Nadon, right? I think it was Nadon. Uh would be the uh would be kind of a a sensible approach in that way. But you you want them ultimately not to have a bunch of things to complain about. You want them to be complaining still that there's not an inquiry, but not having really anything that they can gripe about in terms of the uh, you know the process that you've created through the rapporteur. Now you've got a situation where that becomes almost a proof point in why they still need a public inquiry.
1: Carter, oh, is it my turn again? I forgot to listen to to Corey.
0: Scale of one to ten. Talk to me about the Liberal double down. Mendicino going on CTV News saying. David Johnston, Trudeau saying something similar. Unimpeachable credentials and character. We're very grateful that he's agreed to do this role. What do you think of that liberal messaging on a scale of one to 10? To to talk about the unimpeachable nature and credentials of his character after, and I'll discuss it in a second here, the conservatives really are saying bullshit on that, um, especially with the the family friend angle and the Bloc Quebecois jumping in on that. What do you think of the liberal double down on a strategy from a scale of 1 to 10.
1: I think that it's really bad. I think that the double down is actually even worse than the choice. Um, you know, there, you're going out and selling... And this
0: st- is this is coming from Stephen Carter, the fan of the double down. Yeah. I want I to mention.
1: This particular double down is a real big problem. Because this double down, what you've done is you're trying to now convince people of something. And, and I think, you know, how many times have we talked about inoculation campaigns and trying to get to people before they know something instead of after they know something? So when you get to somebody after they know something and you're trying to convince them that they're wrong, it is near to impossible. And that's where the liberals yeah. find themselves now. Now they find themselves trying to convince people that no— You know, everything that they've been told is wrong. Everything that Andrew Coyne wrote was wrong. And you know what? I think that everything that Andrew Coyne wrote on this particular thing was wrong. But I don't need to be convinced. You can't convince people of this stuff. And because of that, you're now on this defensive tact. If if you really want people to believe you've done the right thing, then just fucking go out and do it. Move past the appointment. Don't try and spin it. Just go and fucking do it. That's how I would double down on this one. I just say, interesting. You don't like our selection. Here's how we're going to do this. And here's David's schedule for the next six months. And here's how this thing's actually going to get done. Go do the fucking work. That's your double down. So if you want to double down on it, you know, there's many different ways to doubling down. Doubling down doesn't always have to look like just running out into the public, grabbing the nearest microphone and starting talking. I mean, that's assuming I'm assuming that's what. Corey just did it in his last segment, but I didn't listen. So I haven't been convinced.
0: (laughs) Corey, talk to me about the the Mendocino double down, unimpeachable credentials and characters. We're very lucky to have him. What do you make of that on that scale of one to 10? And then let's start getting into what would make the liberal messaging a 10 after, and and I'm going to tell you the time horizon here, after the pick of Johnston is made and after they see the initial reaction. What would make that response on key messaging closer to a 10, if not a 10?
2: Well, I really like what Stephen said about getting down to work, right? And starting getting into the nuts and bolts of it and almost boring to people to death by saying, David Johnson, unimpeachable credentials, sure, but why not say that, um, But, you know, he's he's already got a bit of a work plan going. He's going to be talking to witnesses here. He's going to be looking into these areas. He's going to be relying on these people as well. And there's ways you can bolster some of the criticisms against him. He's already brought in a team that includes a number of ex-justices who will be specifically looking at components to make sure he doesn't have a blind side to them. There are many ways you can shore things up on the side, and, and we don't need to create them all here. But, you know, the other thing I would say about it is, um, well, in many ways, there's not any other approach for them to take at this point, right? If somebody puts a microphone in front of his mm-hmm. face and says, you know, what do you think about this, either to the prime minister or to mendocino of course, they're going to have to say the things that you've just described. But if for whatever reason, this doesn't hold, if Johnson did decide to go away from this, if the government did decide the pressure was too strong on this, they are creating a bigger problem for themselves down the road. So they are definitely limiting... The, you know there's they're making a retreat more painful if they end up in a place of retreat there's no question about that now again what are your options it's not it, because if you start hedging your language you're actually probably guaranteeing a retreat yeah. is down the road but It's a difficult situation to be in for sure. And sometimes this becomes a situation where you you do exactly what Stephen said is rather than sit there and increase the rhetoric, you start giving them a little bit more substance down the road. Start changing the conversation to the nuts and bolts rather than the, you know, you move them past the decision and start talking about the roll on from the decision, and that's how you get past the decision. Sometimes,
0: well,
1: and I think that that Carter
0: talk about this, and I'm gonna yeah, go ahead, Carter. I, Carter, I just think
1: ahead. that that's an important distinction about the double down strategy. The double down strategy is not necessarily let's just put our head you know into the to, to the mouth of the into the mouth of the dragon here. And we, what you're doing is you're moving forward. Like you should be moving forward. This is it's done. We are moving forward. I'm doubling down on this decision. It is over. That's that's the double down that I'd like to see from this government. We've made the decision. Um, when this report is published, and it will be published before the next election, when this report is published, um, then people will be confident in this because they'll be we'll be able to show the work. And when you show the work, people are going to be very very confident with this.
0: Carter and Corey as well. Like I want, to, I, maybe I'll insert this question here rather than its own independent sort of one to ten scale. What was the political misread by the liberals as it related to the Harper connection? They thought the Harper side of this thing would be like the biggest sort of preventer from any sort of attacks. Um, And and it did not stop pure Polyev. And I'll talk about the Polyev communications in a second and in terms of how hard they went and some of their messaging lines, et cetera. I want to get your read on that. But what was the political misread on the Harper side of things? Was it the fact that, Harper doesn't have that same political power. Was it the different political eras? What was it? Carter, you both of you want to go first on this, which means I'll let Carter go first on this because uh, his desperation level yeah, really uh, is yeah, definitely, really definitely a 10. It's definitely a 10. On that scale of 1 <laughs> to 10. Carter, what was it here? What why wh- what was the political misread on the Harper being the inoculation against conservative attacks?
1: Governor General's not a political appointment. The governor general is, you know, the, it doesn't imply that uh, Stephen Harper thought that this is the best guy politically. This was a, you know, this is a person who uh, held, held well-rounded credentials, similar to your mother-in-law, for being appointed to the LG. But it's not political. It's not like um, your, mom, your mother-in-law was appointed because she had really strong relationships uh, with, um, with the government of that day. The, the, the point of the exercise is that these people are in some fashion unrelated to the government. And so you don't get any of that Stephen Harper uh, protection because it actually wasn't a Stephen Harper decision. You know, it wasn't a Stephen Harper political decision. I would imagine that the governor, the governor general has thought about for about 15 or 20 minutes when the decision being made. You know, is this going to hurt us? Yes or no? Oh, no. Great. Because the LG is going to do the LG and the GG do what they're told to do. Period. End of sentence. Um, And so there was no real upside to be gained, I think would probably be the simplest way to put it. There was no upside to be gained from making this particular GG decision.
0: So, Corey, yeah, Carter's, a- Carter's ultimately saying that David Johnson doesn't wear the blue jersey. He's not on the team, so to speak. He he didn't get the 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 tap on the shoulder to be on the team, so to speak, uh, in that sense. And he doesn't have that political air cover that perhaps the liberals would have expected conservatives to kind of be like, no, no, he's, he's a no-go, when in fact, he was definitely a go.
2: So that's a really important point. And the thing to underline is when Stephen Harper was saying nice things about David Johnson, I'm... I don't no doubt that he thought nice things about David Johnson, but he was really saying nice things about himself. He was saying, "I'm such a smart prime minister. I've appointed this person who is so perfect for the job." Yeah. Right? Mm. Look at me. I'm a great guy who's good at picking nonpartisan people to be Governor General. And you got to consider the context of previous Governors General and the complaints that conservatives had about them, in particular that they were perhaps not not administrators. They were a little bit of that liberal mold of being these aspirational GGs that were supposed to say something about the country. You know, we've actually talked. Talked about this. No, we have. Uh, Liberals like to appoint governors general that say something about Canada. They're supposed to speak to our better angels, and conservatives don't. Conservatives want to get somebody who's kind of like this steady, stable, very traditional Mm -hmm. person in the role. And so, the nice things that were said were really just a way of reflecting the virtues that Stephen Harper thought were important in the governor general. So that's number one, and that's really important. But I also want to say, and I said this on Twitter too. Just because you think somebody is good for one job does not mean you are giving them a pass to be great at every job going forward here. You know, I might think really highly of my accountant, not going to let them do heart surgery. I might think somebody would be a great judge, fantastic judge, not going to let them oversee a trial of their cousin right? We're not giving blanket endorsements when we endorse people. And just because we think they're people of integrity doesn't mean we're going to allow them to be in positions where that integrity might be called into question. And it doesn't mean that we never can complain about them or criticize them going forward because we've said nice things at least once before. And so I think that was the thing. Like, it would be different if Harper had appointed Johnson to uh, Stevens Point um in a political role it would be different if he had appointed johnson in a role that was specifically to this like to oversee an inquiry mm-hmm. the job mm-hmm. of the gg is not that yeah. right and they had proven you know and johnson had proven that he was very capable in that and he got tons of accolades for it but no he was a ceremonial figurehead many years well not many years ago it was pretty recent he was governor yeah. general and um and then he wasn't, and now he's being appointed to an entirely different role, overseeing foreign interference. In a way, it's a bit wild. Now, given his background as a university administrator and a you know a law professor, and let's face it, university administrators are great they're at everything. They're amazing at everything. Yeah, uh, I think yeah. so personally. Um, but the uh, you know you know it's just it's not necessarily a comp, and it's certainly not enough to say just because I thought they were good at this one job that they're going to be good at this other job.
0: Carter, you know, one thing I did assume was that the liberals did think that the Harper thing would be an inoculation. Do you feel like that's what they're expecting? Like if if the reaction was what it was this week, the liberals would not have appointed David Johnson. Just to be clear on this right from your perspective, do you think? Yeah. Do you think they would have burned this much political capital if they knew this week was going to end the way it, it ultimately did with. They knew kind of what Pierre was going to perhaps do, but maybe they didn't. Maybe they thought there'd be a muted version of Pierre, being like, "Oh my goodness, this is a Harper appointee. How dare we attack a Harper appointee, so to speak?" Do you feel like they're actually genuinely caught off guard here?
1: Yeah, I do think so. I do think you so do. because, I mean, what is the what is kind of like uh, Cory and Stevens' number one rule when it comes to the uh, to the federal government? they really suck at doing crisis. I mean, we, how many times this has been an ongoing theme for years. Um, you know, we, we, we have these themes. People like the themes. If you want more of the themes, come to the live show. We'll have lots of themes at the live show. Nice, yeah. Plus, did you see how Really I, I like yeah, that. It was
2: good. Yeah. Strategistlive.ca. Tickets still it's available. Tickets still available. Not the Strategistlive.ca because tickets are no. always available there. Tickets are always yeah. available there. Cheaper too. You can get way, cheaper tickets there. Way
0: cheaper. Yeah. Way cheaper. Yeah. Um, seize the day. Get a ticket at the Strategistlive.ca. Uh, Carter, back to you. Anyways,
1: I made a really good point, and I don't remember what it was. So, I think that it stands.
0: Corey, did they, ca- <laughs> did, they did it? Did it actually catch them by surprise in your mind?
2: I feel like it had to. I, I think you hit the nail on the head there, Zane. Would they have done this if they knew this was the reaction? It definitely felt like because of how quickly they leapt there and talked about him being a Harper appointee, that this was an inoculation strategy. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. But again, I go back to they were trying to win. They were trying to find the name that would just like knock it out of the park. And they they should have been playing defense. And if they were playing defense, they would have not made this call. But ultimately, a a very staid, boring, you know, federal judiciary pick is not going to – it's not going to allow them to win. And they wanted to win. They wanted to somehow knock this thing off the front page. But that was never going to happen.
0: Corey, Pierre going hard as a motherfucker on this. Justin Trudeau has named a family friend, old neighbor from the cottage, and member of the Beijing-funded Trudeau Foundation to be the independent rapporteur on Beijing's interference. Get real. Trudeau must end his cover-ups. Corey, on a scale of 1 to 10 – we always know kind of like the frequency that Pierre Polyev operates. So this is not much of a surprise because it's in that same register, so to speak. But on a scale of one to 10, the, the, the extremely assertive communication style of the conservatives, Polyev, Jenny Byrne, others are setting up this make it open and independent sort of landing page on conservative.ca. What do you give them on their political strategy uh, on a scale of one to 10? Uh, for for how they've communicated on the heels of the Johnston appointment,
2: um, I give it an eight or a nine. I can't give it a ten because they do go overboard on occasion, right? But that sentence you just read from Pierre Polyev, fucking brilliant. The number of things that he put in, both overt and kind of right under the surface there, that are that are just—I mean, it's so well done. It's don't, so don't on d- message d- for
0: deconstruct it. So let me read it to you again. Uh, has named a family friend. Sure, old neighbor from the cottage and member old neighbor of-
2: from the cottage, right oh there. Oh my god, you know, so good! Like, yeah, it's the elites, right? The elites hanging out and determining what's going to happen in this country. Never uses the words elites, but his whole idea of like take back Canada and we're gonna, you know, we're going to um, make this work for you. And Canada is broken right now. It's just like it's all subtext within there. It's fucking wonderful from a communications point of view.
0: And member of the Beijing funded Trudeau Foundation.
2: Yeah, also really solid. <laughs> really, so I mean, technically true, but is Beijing funding all of the Trudeau Foundation? Absolutely not, right? So it's um, you know, it's, it's dishonest, it's duplicitous, yeah. but boy, it's tight communications. It's very, very tight.
0: To be the independent rapporteur. On Beijing's interference. Not China's interference, yes. Beijing's interference. Talk to me about that that symmetry in language between Beijing funded Trudeau Foundation and Beijing interference. I suspect that was I, I maybe wasn't for you, but that was one of the ones for me, which is just to make sure that it was clear for people.
2: Yeah, so the use of Beijing instead again, like you're making me un- unpack it all here, but using Beijing instead of China takes the racial tones off it, right? Now we're talking about the government in power in China, not the Chinese people.
0: It's Like saying Ottawa
2: versus Canada on an international level, smart. I you're exactly, saying. yeah. And then um the way that after you know the 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 way it just sort of drips this idea of independent after listing all of these ways that David Johnson is not independent before, really good communications work again doesn't mean i i agree with its outcomes or all of that but like from a pure craft tactic point of view really well done defends against claims of racism puts in some of that overall campaign messaging about uh, you know elites and the idea that we need to take back canada and also hits the key message of the fact that this individual is not independent like really really strongly built carter do you
0: want to break up this uh bromance that Corey and i are uh unnaturally having on a pure Polyev tweet. Jesus fucking Christ. He gives it an eight or a nine. I agree that the communications here is strong. I also, of course, don't agree. But Carter, I'm asking you for the crass political strategy. Give it to me on a one to 10. What was your, your ranking this week? And I'm just giving you one snippet, right? But almost everything was in that sort of ballpark of what I've just read to you. What is your your take on the pure Polyev comms uh, one to 10 this week?
1: I think it's an eight. I think it's an eight and it's very painful for me to say it's an eight. I don't, I don't want to say it's an eight. I want to say it's a two because I want to respond with my partisan blinders on. I want to say, you know, this is, this is all filled with half truths. Well, the problem with half truths is that they're mostly true. You know, like th- these statements that are being made are mostly true. They are. They are based in a certain reality that his voters will be very open to and that Trudeau opens himself to um, Trudeau, the, the, the Trudeau government and the Trudeau, um, the Trudeau model has apparently been to just be abso- absolutely oblivious to what their own weaknesses are they are oblivious to how someone could attack them and because they're oblivious to how someone could attack them they make this they make mistakes like David Johnson now again i don't necessarily think that david johnson was a mistake uh from who they chose but how they're now being criticized my god like they have opened the door to the fullness of these of these attacks and and the worst part is they feel like they have to defend from them and you you <clears throat> You can't defend this attack, man. Like, there is no way around this. All those words um, have at least a basis, in fact. They're at least mostly true, Uh, even though, you know, I I just find Pierre just to be the worst type of politician who is always going for our base instincts. But in this particular case, it's probably going to work.
2: Yeah, Corey. Does there have to
1: be a cost
0: it? here? Do you think there's a cost? Like, you know, one, one of the criticisms you've heard is that David Johnson statesman, like, how dare you go after him so aggressively, so vitriolically, uh, so assertively? Uh, do you feel like there's a cost, rate, uh, either immediate or eventual, price to pay for Pierre Polyev with uh, keeping this once again another issue that's dialed up at eleven?
2: Well, um, I no, I don't, actually. I think the liberals would like to create a sense that there's a cost, that somehow by doing this, that uh, Pierre Polyev is eroding the fabric of this country and weakening democracy. And certainly a lot of liberal partisans have picked up that message and suggested, my goodness, the fact that they would go after someone like David Johnson, who should be above all of this. And, and he was clearly fine when uh, Harper appointed him to be governor general in the first place. It's like, it, I'm sorry, it doesn't wash, it doesn't actually the idea that we are going to uh you know allow our democratic institutions to to just go on autopilot and we're just going to give everybody the benefit of the doubt that's not actually what democracy is about and we're allowed to hold people to account and we're allowed to call into question things that we find a little bit suspect what we're not supposed to do is is create kind of these like really hurtful lies and erosions like Donald Trump did about like the the stealing of an election and what you read in that statement did not say an election was stolen what you read in that statement Listed some things that were actually fairly accurate, and if you were the liberals and you're going to start arguing about them, boy, are you on losing ground? Like, yeah. no, the Trudeau Foundation's not Beijing funded. Beijing is only, I don't know, two percent of the funding. Like, is that really the argument you want to have? Right we gave there? back that. But I,
1: I really, yeah, we gave back that. I actually money.
2: <laughs> kind of, I kind of resent. The weaponization the other way of like any criticism of this government is trying to erode our democracy because that's utter bullshit as well. Can we just it's, call it utter bullshit?
0: It's something that I, I'm stealing from our friend Kelly Criderman, who I was on a panel with recently, and she had a great phrase. She said the Trudeau government always feels like they can break the rules because they're the heroes in the, in the story. They're the good guys in the story, so and the rules don't great, apply. I thought it was a great – it's a yeah. great insight that she she put on the table, and I and I've repeated it uh, without attribution. And by the way, Kelly, I'll continue to do so. Yeah. Uh, but for for this podcast, <laughs> uh, I will certainly attribute her. I, I want to move to Jugmeet Singh, Corey. I'm going to start with you. On a scale of one to ten, his communication was this very interesting. He said, "David Johnston is a nonpartisan official known for his integrity," and then he moved on. To his core issue, he almost tried to change the channel here to saying, "How dare Justin Trudeau and Pierre Poilievre not attend um, the?" And I, I'm going to actually try to get you an actual phrasing of it, so it's so it's correct. Uh, how do they? Uh, how dare they not show up to the questioning of grocery CEOs last week? This was a big deal for him last week, right? The grocery CEOs, him questioning Galen Weston, right? Showing up uh, and others. This is a big sort of item for the NDP. Um, so he went with a. Fuck, I need a public inquiry, but as it relates to Rapporteur, fucking fine. He's he's okay. Grocery, grocery, grocery cost a living. On the surface, you could see some merits, but I'm actually going to ask you guys the question rather than give my opinion. Corey, on a scale of 1 to 10, the, the package that was the Jagmeet Singh communications uh, on this file and what he's trying to do with it, which is not talk about it, and now spend his time and energies talking about the, the, the grocery hearings last week of the grocery CEOs, you're strategy scale ranking on a one to 10. And then let's talk about how to make it a different number if it's not a 10.
2: I'm going to say a five only because I boxed myself in with the scores I gave the conservatives and the liberals, right? But like not strong, very poor. Uh, So I gave a lot of praise to the construction from a communications point of view of what Pierre Uh, Mm -hmm. polyev did there let me deconstruct the message track that you've just gone on a little bit he took what i would uh derisively call the webster's dictionary defines approach right so he didn't say anything he said david johnson is x right or has been described as x in the past and then he tried to immediately jump onto an entirely different issue there it's kind of the laziest pivot possible in communications there is absolutely no art to that if you want to be bridging from one topic to another a bridge properly constructed is not saying one thing and then saying an entirely different thing it is saying something that naturally leads into the other thing there and it you know you if you want to get onto the grocery store issues and and talk about um you know the the uh, you know the matters that you see as more bread and butter for the NDP you're gonna need a little bit more art than what you've just laid out there yeah you can't just say David Johnson is X I'd like to talk about why now what would, got you to have say like, some- what
0: would you like would you have preferred something like you know David Johnston is a, is a nonpartisan individual he's a big name in 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 Canadian life has is been recognized for his public service I personally would have preferred someone with with a, a no name. Uh, and speaking of no name, um, Superstore, uh, Galen Weston. <laughs> would you prefer something as artful as what I've just described? No, I mean, and should I be so running for
2: leader of the federal NDP? Aren't that's it's like a that clever turn of phrase, but yeah. that doesn't actually connect the two issues. You and know, actually, that's the the next version up. But Zane, you know what you actually do in that situation is you say – you know, I uh, I don't know how I feel about this appointment of repertoire. I've got concerns about how close they are to the Trudeau government. It's something I'll be watching very closely here as we move forward. Uh, but I got to tell you, one of my concerns right now is that by not calling this inquiry... Justin Trudeau has created a situation where we're all having to react and respond and talk about these issues when there are really important bread and butter issues that we should be focusing on as a parliament. Unfortunately, the security of our country is not something we can put aside, and Justin Trudeau's desire to continue to drag this thing so painfully through the weeks and months is doing an absolute disservice to this, to, you know, this fine nation. Uh, I, I'm gonna be trying to juggle the ball and, you know, watch two things go in at the same time. I will certainly continue to be deeply engaged on foreign interference, but I also want to talk about the interference of grocery stores and prices and I, I want to make sure that right now we are also looking at what's happening um you know at the at the uh, supermarket i want to make sure we understand what's happening with insurance prices across this country we can't lose sight of affordability and and frankly we can't afford to uh, just because justin trudeau has gotten himself into such a mess with the foreign interference and by the way shame on pierre Polyev for absolutely no ability to raise himself above this and talk about what matters to Canadians. He's only talking about cheap political points with Trudeau. I'm never going to lose sight on and focus on what matters, which is you and your livelihood, and, and that doesn't mean that uh, I give a pass to Justin Trudeau here, but it means we've got to be able to walk and chew gum, and unfortunately, I don't see either of the other two leaders remotely able to do that.
0: Not, not bad, Corey. Uh, Carter, you know, uh, David Johnston was a Prime Minister's choice, the President's choice. Okay, I'm, I'm going to stop there. I'm going <laughs> to... <laughs> <laughs> uh carter yeah
1: that was scale, better. It, I, that I was like i was hoping scale, to have a joke you, you, but i didn't have one and you i'm glad you did hey carter yeah. on a
0: scale of one stand what are you giving jagmeet singh and by the way to be clear to be to be charitable to jagmeet singh Why? i've kind of stitched that together yeah right? you summarized like, I, it. I, I did sti- it. i, I yeah. didn't like read a tweet like i did for 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 justin yeah. trudeau but he pretty much gave a you know sure whatever nonpartisan. he's known for his public service grocery 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 carter
2: what do you think mm, i'm gonna one give it ten, a five to i'm singh. gonna
1: join Corey, right down the middle on this one, because I think that
2: it's not really down the middle when one is your lowest. Just it's actually closer to the bottom than the top. Just want you to know that.
1: Okay, I didn't really even hear what you said. Anyways, I think that the point is that you know, just leave it to Jughead Singh to be on last week's issue this week. You know, like he he's always seemingly about one week behind where he needs to be, and as a result, his 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 media relations tend to be out. You know, really out of uh, out of sight no one a- can actually see where he is because he's just he's always a week behind and trying to bring something back to the week before and trying to get media coverage for it impossible you want to send out a mailer on it go ahead you want to send out paid communications on it no problem i'm all over it i think you should try and do that but when you're trying to get free media coverage from the from the nation's media then you got to be on their topics you can't just simply segue back and hope that they follow you uh on a you know you know, well, that's important, but this is what I really care about. And that that would be even my critique of what Corey did, um, and I would think that Corey's uh, was a little bit more art.
2: You know, I'd agree with it, uh, but y- yeah, like I mean, you just, gotta you gotta go with the media hooks. You gotta get the media totally
1: that's available. That's that's the real trick in media relations. Not you know, hey, oh, the media are following our thing, oh, great. Well, you know, How, what happens when they're me- not, and they're n- almost always not following your thing.
0: I kind of feel for Jagmeet Singh for this reason. And I'm going to ask you guys you're your for political the NDP, sort of strategy. They're all one
1: party. Yeah, for you're working well, for the yeah. NDP. Well, they're not. Yeah. They're not. No. They're all no, one they're party and they're not. all the yeah. same group I mean, of I've people. read the constitution uh, yeah, they're of all the, the same NDP, Zayn. You know, right? So, feel, Ooh, yeah. Carter, So,
2: if you... So, went, so, you've gotten your marching orders from, from your from boss, Through Rachel Notley, who works for Jagmeet Singh, right? That's what I understand from... the 3D
0: hologram of Jack Layton, which is where all messaging comes from.
2: Yeah
0: carter yeah me singh, singh spent so much time and energy to get this grocery store questioning to happen and it just happened at the fucking shittiest time for him yeah right so like that's if you're life. that's life okay so the question is if you're him it, is it simply a forget it man i don't care how much you poured into it like the the, the world's moving on how do you like? How would you have advised him? The question slightly different than how do you get this to attend. How would you have advised him to maximize on his story? Because it is in, it is in, you know, a a it is a popular thing to do. It's it, it's, it's polled well. Um, it just isn't the story of the day. How would you have advised him to keep that story alive? Would you have told him to like pause it, come back to it? How what would your advice to have been to a person or to a political party that poured so much into? Promoting, keeping a story, and, frankly, generating and engineering it into the public consciousness in some way. Pa- 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 pa-
1: pa- pa- paid media is great. Uh, higher North Weather, I understand mm-hmm. they're fantastic at uh, pa- placing paid media. Um, they love taking Especially your money, for the New especially Democrats. Especially for the New here. Democrats. Uh, so, you know, just paid media. There's nothing wrong with paid media. Paid media, in many respects, is more effective than... than uh, than than free media, you know, the
2: mainstream media. I mean, especially if North Weather's especially here. if it's
1: done yeah. by Northweather, uh, which I understand is the preferred uh, preferred uh, advertising firm of the uh, New Democrats all over the world. <laughs> Corey,
0: <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, Corey, Corey, can you can you talk about this? Talk to me about what what would you have done if um, if you're helping Chuck Singh on this? How would you have helped him maximize? I feel like I've been dismissed. Maximize something. Hmm. He, he spent so much of his. So much of his political time trying to engineer into public consciousness. That was a
2: pretty good answer. You know, I mean, I wouldn't jump past Stephen's answer. It's right. Like, uh, you know, you hire the Northweathers of the world. Obviously, you want Northweather if they're available. But if they're not, you hire another firm and you pay for it. When you talk about public relations, it's just one leg of a stool. Yeah. You know, you. When we talk about advert, when we talk about communications, we talk about earned media, paid media, owned media. Owned media being things like the products you produce. Your platform would be an example of owned media. You know, the fact that you've got a website that people are going to go to. Owned podcast. media videos you put on that website. A live show podcast. A live show yeah. tickets available. Strategistlive.ca. But then earned is when you're trying to hook onto the media of the day. And yes, of course, you're trying to shape that. And yes, of course, you're trying to steer it and get them talking about the issues you've got to talk about. But let's be realistic. There are only so many inches in a newspaper and there are only so many reporters out there. And if you've got a big issue like this, you're going to have to hook onto it. But that doesn't preclude paid. And if you're being smart with your paid, you are always thinking about using paid in a... There are two ways to think about paid, actually right? And I'll tell you my personal preference for them. One is that it is a supporting element and it is reinforcing the messages that you're pushing through earned. Another is you're using it where earned is not available to you, which is how I tend to like to think about it during mm, political
1: complimentary. campaigns.
2: There are messages that you are simply not going to get the media to carry after a while, but repetition is so important in politics. So you use paid to get that repetition. And because you're paying for it, you get the message in its perfect form just your sound bites, the way you want it, expertly crafted by an organization like Northweather. So they should be uh, absolutely considering using paid to continue to drive that message, propagating those messages through the same keywords that people are looking for for grocery coupons, right? People who are feeling the pinch, they're doing search terms that you can buy onto. Um, You can look at the demographics that are perhaps going to be more likely to purchase on no-name brands, for example, and you can make use of them
1: some really good uh, stuff. Compliments. I mean, are we billing Brother for this uh, one?
0: Like Compliments brand, um, no-name brand, President's Choice. Uh, I'm going to try to f- figure out if we can do all the house brands. Yeah. Life from Shoppers Dragon Mart. You're so good. I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what Sobeys has. Hey, Carter, I'm going to move it on to our Over Under and our Lightning Round. That's where we are going to go. Stephen Carter, we do this for you. Already? We, we all, of course, already. Okay. This is going to take a while because we've got some meaty things to talk okay. about. Um, okay. Over Under Stephen Carter Six. Over, under on a six. Pure Polyev. Is calling for changes to allow doctors and nurses to work across Canada. He's calling it the Blue Seal Program, modeled after Red Seal Program in the skilled uh, trades, saying if you can do the job, you get the job, regardless of where you are in the country, allowing mobility for doctors and nurses. Seems to make sense. It's something uh, you know similar to what uh, Doug Ford kind of mentioned uh, in, in Ontario, letting folks from uh, trained professionals in, in medicine uh, come to Ontario and start working right away. Scale of uh, over under on six Carter is it an over or an under for you for this peer Polyev announcement and political uh, message?
1: Oh, I really like it. I really wish I didn't like it as much as I do. Um, it it does create some problems within the system. Uh, increasing mobility uh, will drive more people to uh, you know to Alberta or to wherever they're they're play, paying the most money, uh, and that could really hurt. Um, provinces in the long run uh, especially some of the uh have not provinces but for politics, fantastic messaging um you know make it easier for people to move and try and find the money and and uh you know be a part of all canada it it just sounds like one of the it 's a perfect conservative idea it 's a perfect conservative idea Red- re- reducing and removing barriers to make it easier for Canadians to do what they want to do. Very, very well done.
0: Corey, over-under on six on the Pierre Polyev announcement.
2: Well, as a policy, I, I really like it. And I think it does speak to um, some things that conservatives have pushed for many decades. I, you know, I feel like we don't talk enough about interprovincial trade barriers. It's funny how much easier it is in some ways to trade with, to work in the United States through NAFTA than it is sometimes through, mm-hmm. uh you know, provinces that are just next door. And the harmonization of these rules is vitally important. And, and Stephen, I think that, I mean, this is the perennial conversation and debate, but... Look, I mean, this is simple economics. You make it easier for people to make that move to Alberta. Over time, that will reduce wages in Alberta. That will balance things out through the system. And over time, it makes it work better for the other provinces as well. As a country, I just think it makes sense. And it, it will help level off some of these massive uh, inequalities that we have, we have found have generated over time. Um, you know, where, where Alberta has GDP per capita way above other provinces, for example, right? So, so yeah, you know, people should be able to make use of that money and, and I I don't I don't begrudge anybody that and I think that as Canadians we should have the kind of mobility that this sort of uh, policy introduces. As politics I don't know that it's actually that sexy or that interesting. And of course the PCs in the nineties used to talk a lot about interprovincial trade barriers and no one gave a shit uh, because the stuff that really engages the political class is not this. And that's why the reform party gets to get in the headlines with things like Tripoli Senate back in the day. And that's why, you know, you can talk about Chinese interference and that's, what's going to be driving the headlines right now. I also think that Stephen has put his finger on some anxieties that will exist around this Mm. particular, um, particular policy. So I don't know. I don't think it's going to move too much. I think it's a super, uh, you know, sensible if you've got a conservative worldview policy. I think it's just a generally sensible policy if you believe in economic theory. And um, and I've, I don't fault it, but I don't think that its politics are going to be uplifting, and I don't think it's going to change the terrain in Canada.
0: Corey, are you in or out on the Globe and Mail allowing a special anonymous opinion piece written by... The alleged whistleblower of Chinese uh, of, of, of the Chinese interference in Canada's election. So this was a piece that uh, was published uh, a couple days ago on Friday uh, at the end. It had a message by the editor in chief of the Globe and Mail around why they allowed anonymity for yeah. this person. They talked about at length about why they did what they did, uh, that they weren't necessarily motivated by bipartisan uh, attacks, so to speak. Uh, They told their story without showing their face or or signing their name. Corey, are you in or are you out? We don't talk a lot about media strategy, media ethics. Um, Oftentimes, we're probably not qualified to do that, but we can have a take on things uh, from our political lens. In or out, Corey, for for the Globe and Mail allowing this opinion piece to go up on Friday?
2: Oh, so um, let's talk about the various lenses. From the Globe and Mail's point of view? In, Of course you publish it. If, if they're willing to do that, and it provides that context, and you've already done the reporting that has resulted from the things that this individual has provided to you, 100% in. I think that the media's job is to report these things when it comes to them, and I don't believe that the media should have to burn their sources or anything like that. That does not mean I am in on what the individual did, uh, including Mm -hmm. the original leaks. You know me. I'm a former public servant. I loathe leaks. I think that they can be very poisonous. I think the hero complex that some of these individuals have that I feel was very much on display in this article, where they think they know best, and if other people have made different decisions, they have the right to override them. I just don't believe that's the case. And if there's systemic breakdowns, there's other avenues available through which you can operate does not appear to be how this individual has decided to operate. So, uh, I am I am out on the individual and I actually think the article portrayed somebody who seems deeply out of touch with some some basic realities of being a public servant uh you know there were comments made about how like other people just sort of almost like disagreed or ignored like well that's their right you know just because you've provided some intelligence analysis does not require them to operate on it and you know much of the language about like i will stand by this and i you know i there will be a moment where i will come forward like for God's sake, you know, like who, who are you? Who do you think you are is a statement that's overused, but who do you think you are that you are writing these particular words in this particular way? And I think if it had come with a little bit more humility, I, I probably would have reacted differently to it. All told, I, I'm very conflicted about the entire affair. I think that it's not necessarily something that should have come out. I think that there are other mechanisms that should have been activated that would have allowed it to uh, you know, come out in different ways. But now that it's out, I also don't think we can remotely ignore it. And I I don't know. I mean, like it's, it, it's okay to be conflicted about this stuff and it's okay to not be that enthusiastic about the leaker and still think that we need to do something about the, con- you know, the subtext or the content of the leak. Carter, well, uh, in or out on the Globe and Mail. I'm
1: out. And, uh, you know, Everything Corey just said was wrong. Let's start with the, the Globe and Mail gets to publish it. Well, the Globe and Mail gets to publish the story. This person's a leaker. They can quote this person anytime they want to. Why would they allow this person to run an editorial in their own voice? Why not just simply take the words that they're saying and say, here's an interview that we've done. Now let us do both sides of this story and have opposite Points of view. Why give this this person this unique point of view and the ability to justify their actions? Which, if Corey, you know, Corey has basically said he does not agree with this person's actions, and yet here he is waving about in the wind well, like, a, like some sort of clearly book. newsworthy. It's, of course, it's it is clearly newsworthy. I'm saying it's newsworthy. There is a news arm to the Globe and Mail, not just an opinion arm to the Globe and Mail. Run it in the newspaper. Take the quotes. Get someone else to counter-quote it. Well, let me... It's clearly in the public
2: interest to read.
1: No. Do the reporting. Do the report. You know what? If you have an opinion and you want to write an opinion piece, put your fucking name at the bottom. Put your name at the bottom. That's what we do with opinion pieces. That's what makes it someone's opinion. Otherwise, if you want to to write an anonymous op-ed, whatever, start a fucking blog. Start a blog. I don't
0: know, Corey. I don't know, Corey. That... I have to say, Carter was quite persuasive in that answer.
2: Yeah, you're right. The Federalist paper should never have been published, you know? Because, like, why wouldn't Hamilton just put his name on the bottom? Fuck that guy. Fuck, you know, hundreds of years of democratic tradition and the idea that sometimes you want to remove your name from it.
1: Anytime you need to to pull up an example out of the fucking musical Hamilton just proves the weakness of your point.
2: Okay, but, you know, that's not actually a musical. That happened in real life. You are aware of that, right? It did not?
1: Really? fuck
2: Ooh. okay yeah i
1: blew that
0: Corey, any retort to that though
2: you you want to you... yeah i mean i feel like i gave one but how about this there never has it been a requirement that an opinion be not anonymous that's ridiculous you can provide anonymous opinions bullshit. people this do it is all bullshit. the time you're giving this guy, i used to do uh, it to when Carter's, you worked at hill and i would put point, in I, the suggestion box fire let me, Stephen Carter. let me tell yeah. you, let me day what day. i
0: found compelling there's a news division why not Take the quotes and uh, make it part of the report, exactly.
2: Rather than yeah, and there's a a fucking opinion division. But this is an opinion. This is news. The opinion and publish it's not
1: opinion. It's news. This guy doesn't get to have an opinion without putting his name at the bottom of it.
2: You're creating well, I guess a so. ridiculous line. You're like, okay, are you well, telling me that at the minute it's an op-ed that it's not allowed to have. What I'm content? telling you is like, the that that people who are leak. People
1: who leak don't get the leak from the from behind a barrier all the time. They don't get to be protected. Listen, I,
2: listen, my
0: my job my job is just to ask the questions. I'll just be the neutral, very stable Switzerland. Wait, on Johnson this, I'll just be, this be the podcast, Switzerland on this. You know, nothing nothing bad happens in Switzerland. Uh, this this uh, listen, show of course sponsored uh, by sponsor Credit Suisse. Yeah, uh, Credit Suisse. Uh, you know, I'm not even,
2: I don't even feel the need to say not our sponsor because they're not going to exist to sue us on Monday. So that's, <laughs> that's fine.
0: true. No, I thought they that's got Did you ever did think they get can, I, can I ask? When we started this podcast so many years ago, did you ever think we'd outlast Credit Suisse? I, I did, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 I did too. That makes three for three. Uh, Corey, I'm going to go back to you on this one. I shouldn't – let me give this a time horizon. I'm trying to think of what a good appropriate time – actually, no, let me not give it a time yeah. horizon. Does David Johnson resign as special rapporteur, yes or no? After the pressures felt from this week, does he – and frankly, maybe the the more interesting question is,
2: can he? Actually, yeah, yeah, that is the more interesting question. Can he? You know what? So I don't know about – resign. I don't know the mechanism, but here's what I believe will happen in the next few months. Map it out. We will end up having a public inquiry for some reason. Some other shoe will drop. Some other thing will occur with China, and we'll call it all into question again, and this will just need to move forward. And we will have a public inquiry, and it will absolutely negate or moot the the special rapporteur. So, how, however soon that happens, he will not be in the job anymore. But I think that will be the the quote unquote graceful exit. Is well, we're doing this other thing now. We thank him for his service. He, maybe he'll be involved in the inquiry in some way, shape, or form, but not leading it. And that's that's how it will all be.
0: Do, do you think he's un, looking for unschooled. an exit exit door at this point in time? Like, if, would you, if you were advising David Johnson right now, especially with how his name has been dragged through the mud this last week? would you tell him to look for the exit door?
2: That's interesting. So it's tough because on one hand you do that and it almost feels like an admission, right? And I can understand why somebody might want to dig their heels in there, but I do think we are still in a window where he could say, you know, I was asked by the government. I certainly feel I'm impartial on this matter, but I also believe the appearance of impartiality is important. And it's clear to me that in this current political landscape, I will not be perceived as impartial. I have recommended to the prime minister he finds somebody from the federal judiciary who could be uh, acceptable to all of the political parties involved. Because one of the things we are trying to accomplish with a view into foreign, uh, you know, influence in elections is to build confidence in our electoral system. And I'm concerned that in the current environment, I cannot build confidence in the in the electoral system.
0: Carter, is David Johnson gone as a special rapporteur?
1: Nope. He's going to write his report. It's going to come out. It's going to be great. Okay. That's what the rapid round is, Corey. We give our fucking Corey, opinion. We I get out. Car- we get out. Carter.
2: I, Carter. It's been so Carter, long. Carter, I
0: just, are we going to have a public inquiry? No. Carter, I'm going to start the last question for you. Is it better or is it worse, strictly politically? Okay, strictly politically. Is it better or is it worse that CSIS has now, uh, you know, there's now a CSIS briefing. I shouldn't say they've now come out with a briefing, but there's a CSIS briefing revealed that there is alleged Beijing meddling in the Vancouver municipal election. Is this better or worse for the liberals in terms of the federal stage? How do you kind of, if you're assessing it from their perspective, Better or worse, in your mind, that there is now interference in a different order of government in a specific city that is now kind of being um, uh, unearthed and, and revealed into the, into the public consciousness? Better or worse for the Liberals? Carter? Way worse.
1: I mean, more is bad. I mean, people aren't going to differentiate. Well, that was prevent- – you know, this is municipal and that was national. What they're seeing is someone messing in our elections that shouldn't have this type of right to be involved in our, re- our elections. Way worse.
2: Cory Carter says way worse. Do you agree? Yeah, it's worse. And what do you do if uh, EB decides to call it an inquiry? Right, mm-hmm. you're creating pressure all of a sudden on the federal government could happen in Ontario as well. There could be all sorts of weird pressure. I,
1: I think that this type of interference, depending on what you're, ta- what you're calling interference, I think it has existed all over the country in the last few years. But I, I think that when we find out what it actually is, it's, it's actually far less than what people think it is. It's going to be less effective and it's going to be less meaningful. But because it hasn't been well-defined, people think it's this big, bad problem. And I just don't think that it is.
0: We are going to leave it there. That's a wrap on episode 1043 of The Strategist. My name is Zane Veldry. With me, as always, Corey Hogan, Stephen Carter. And we'll see you next time and at the live show, strategistlive.ca. Of course, get your tickets there. Uh, this, of course, is the Strategist podcast, uh, a podcast that has lasted longer uh, than Credit Suisse. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see you at the live show on April 2nd.